Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. talk about this too because this Please. is supposed to you're recording now so let's talk about good this. because we this just popped up say. on my facebook page on somebody else there we're turning in are you there god is me margaret into what a fucking movie now the the book the judy bloom book are you there god is me margaret okay did you not read that as a kid no, I read the other Judy Bloom books. The I do love her, by the way. I think she's okay. Well. First um, of all, okay, let me let me reel back. I loved the book Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, when I was a kid. When I got my first period, mm-hmm. I thought I knew to, knew everything, and I told my mom, "No, I don't need anything. I'm fine." Because I read this book. Oh. This book uh-huh. was not applicable when I started my period because it's the pads. Is the belts that attach the pads, like, before the pads attach your panties. It was the dark ages. Right. So how are we having this be, like, a thing nowadays? How did we make this a movie now? I'm assuming they'll modify certain things to be relevant. it's not, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret. I mean, isn't the point not, like, how the period and the pads, but more about the period itself. Isn't that the, I haven't read that part because the Judy Bloom books I read were like Ramona and Beezus. Those were the Judy Bloom books I read. That's her, right? Probably. Yes. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, while this is my childhood, I loved it. It is not applicable here in 2023. Right. There's certain things that just don't translate. Right. I know I get that. Judy Bloom also. Hi, by the way, this is See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm May. <laughs> I'm adopting it. I'm here. Sorry. She has just the most amazing books. I'm sorry. Judy Bloom is the best kit author ever. Because yeah. if you look, if you go to your Kindle app, go to Amazon and look under Kindle books and click young adult. Yeah. It's fucking erotica. What? I have gone to young adult books. Freckle juice. Freckle juice is young erotica. Are you no, 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 serious? No. Not nowadays. Oh. But nowadays, if you go to young adult books, like if you go to that section and you pick out one of these books to read, I would not want my teenager to read some of these books. Why? Because it's borderline erotica. Well, but the kids got to know about the things and the stuff and the place. Who cares? Right? It's not realistic. I mean, what is, you know? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not for, they're marking it towards. Sorry, my mistake. I was into the Beverly Cleary series. Oh, My mistake. But Freckle Juice was what I read of Judy Bloom, And that was like stupid mild. Like it was nothing. But... Yeah, but I don't, as we both have said many, many, many times, no book should be banned. No, no, no. I don't agree. And as a parent, it's your responsibility to monitor what your kids are reading. Correct. But on the flip side, maybe there are some things we shouldn't market. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a parent. I don't have my dog in this hunt. I feel like 
if my kid read a book like that and then they asked me questions, I would, you know, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, isn't that the point is like to. A lot of, of kids don't ask their parents though. No, they ask other kids. I mean, e- exactly. Shit. Right. I mean, of course they do. I had a friend. I'm just saying like when you're yeah. talking about unrealistic sexual behavior. Yes. It leads young women to think that's what's expected of them and leads them to think that's normal. What is in the book? Now I'm curious. I haven't read this book. Is it like... No, no. Are you there, God, me, Margaret? She's like being touched and instantly orgasming? No, no, no. I'm not talking about are you there, God, me, it's me, Margaret. I'm talking about nowadays young adult novels. Oh, oh. I was like, Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about (laughs) novels nowadays that are being thrown in the young adult section. That's... That 16, 17, 18 year olds are going to read. Okay, like the Hunger Games and shit. I didn't read the Hunger Games, so I don't know what the fuck is in it. I'm just saying. Not much, really. A lot more violence than, you know, sex or anything like that. I'm just saying, when you put fantasy sex things, whether Mm -hmm. it's full on penetration or not, into books that are marketed towards young adults, quote unquote, which is going to be like the 15 to 18 range. Yeah. Who haven't experienced sex. Mm-hmm. And they now think that's what normal sex is. Mm. It's going to make them Feeling think inadequate. this is what I have to do to please my boyfriend. Mm. I see what you're saying. I think there does need to be context there. I also feel like there's nothing wrong with putting sex in young adult books because let's be real, that's what's on their minds. That's what they're no, thinking no, no, about. I agree, it's... but it needs to be more of a realistic situation sure. than a fantasy situation okay. because kids aren't talking to their parents nowadays. No. My kids did, which is a, my Blessing. kids are not normal. No, they're let's great. Put it th- my kids are not normal, but kids aren't talking to their parents and you put unrealistic fantasy sex situations and books are marketing towards that age group. It then makes them feel like they need to do these things. Hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not saying ban the books. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Because you know, I don't think books need to be banned. Nope. No book. I don't care how horrendous it is. Never. I'm saying parents need to see what their kids are reading. Sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and maybe authors and publishers need to realize these things are not young adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're going to put sex in it and market it towards young adult, make it more realistic, not fantasy. Yeah. Because like, the first time is Talk whack. about what a first time really is like. It's whack. I, I mean, I've rarely met anyone who was like, my first time was like angels and magic and rainbows. No. I was literally like, that's it? Like, right? Like, that's, oh, this, oh, this is it? This is, no, this is it? I don't even want to talk about that. Okay. we're not going to go there. Weird. Mm-hmm. It was weird. No, I'm it not. It was weird. I was probably much younger than you. We're not going to talk about it. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, most people's first time is not like. Right. Right. Amazing. Exactly right. It's painful. There's blood involved. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, it happens. It's not enjoyable. It's wetter than you think it should be. Stop. Oh yeah. So. It was also like it's like a train wreck. You're like, let's see where this goes. Oh. 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 
And then you as a woman, you're like, oh, oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> well, you get to get off and I don't? I see now. Cosmo so, makes sense. It's just, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I... You digress. Yes. I just feel like, A, Are You There Got Me, Margaret, is not a 2023 book. And if you're going to adapt it, you need to call it something different. Mm. Because it's no longer Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Because I remember this book vividly. And we need to stop marketing some things as young adult when it's not fucking young adult. Yeah, it's like 20-something, early 20s. Right. Yeah. And all this started because I had a prom picture pop up on my Facebook. Girl. And high school kids at prom are not me at prom. Oh, God, no. I was so awkward. I look, I mean, I barely knew how to do my makeup. I barely knew how to do my own hair. And now everyone knows how to do their hair like fucking Rihanna and their makeup. And they look like insanely good. Good. I would not have allowed my daughter to wear that dress. Right. Right. If you know me and your daughter went to prom, you're just going to have to guess if it's you or if it's your son's prom date. Take a pic. It was it you? I don't know. I'm not gonna out you. I'm just gonna say, what the fuck is wrong with kids nowadays? I mean, I think it's the hormones and the meat. <laughs> we all should eat organic. Well, yeah. We should all eat organic. But I mean, I don't know. It's... I can't afford to eat organic and I'm not doing it, so I don't know. I'm oh, like yes. a hypocrite. I don't know. It's expensive for no reason, to be honest. It really is. Like, they do all the same shit. They just don't do one thing. You know what we should do? And I wanted to do this forever, and it's so expensive, and I couldn't do it alone. I'd have to go in it with someone. Go buy a whole organic cow and split it. They butcher it, and they chop it. Oh, a cow? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's a lot of meat. Yeah. I'll be like meat for like a year plus. Yeah. Huh. They like butcher it, and they do all the things, and you get the steaks and the hamburger patties and all the things. Oh. That's a very Texas thing. I can see that happening. Yeah. You can do it. Do it venison you, too. you can get organic ones. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know if we're in the market for a fuck ton of meat. I mean, not right now. Yeah, no, not right now. <laughs> but in the long run, like if you price it out, it's cheaper to buy the whole cow than to go to the store and buy a pound of hamburger meat. Makes sense. I'm just saying. Plus, like, that is where the food comes from. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. You buy it directly from the farmer. Which actually is probably how we should be doing it, but again. I actually, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. I know somebody who has cows. That's not, we live in Texas. <laughs> what do you mean what is wrong with you? You live in Texas. I mean, who doesn't know somebody who owns cows? Why am I not getting my meat from them? I don't know. I'm going to send a text later today and be like. Do they have chickens? Hey, sis, they don't have chickens. Mm, you know, you can get chickens and your eggs will be free 99 I know. My husband won't allow me to have chickens. And we have this whole thing about it has to be so many feet from the house and neighbors and things. And I don't think I have the right... Oh, the space. Mm -hmm. Well, plus your dogs would probably eat them. Right. That's another problem. There's that. Mm -hmm. And they live in the backyard. And and they attract rat snakes. Oh, that's true. Because they want the eggs. Yep. And I had a snake in my house once, so I'm more afraid of snakes than I thought I ever was. That's a rational fear. That's a healthy fear. Like, you don't want to fuck around with snakes. Come I don't know find, anyone who wants to fuck around with snakes. Come to find out, I think it was just a rat snake. But, um, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, it doesn't matter. 
Mm-mm. It's a snake. It's no. in my house. It's a snake. I'm good. In fact, we're talking about snakes, and I heard that same noise you did on like. Yeah, no. There was like, I think my book bag. Hold on a second. Was it? Was it? Okay, it was that. Okay, thank I'm, God. I am like picking my foot up off the floor. I'm like, don't look at my hairy leg. I'm like, is that a snake? No, it was, it was the bag like sliding down over here. I know. I was like, wait, you said snake, and then it was like this movement. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, point is, there's no snakes in here that we know of. Oh God. Anyway, how was your week? You know me. I just hung out. I made soap. I worked on some coasters. Did you talk about... Did we talk about everything that you want to talk about? You had three things. Remember? I think we got it all covered. Hmm. Okay. I mean, there's nothing going on with me. Like, literally nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's all that's going on with me. Not a lot of enchilada. And thus, <laughs> one of my animal, animals tries to kill me. Oh, God. TBD. I mean, I was, like, up late last night <laughs> trying to buy used Lego pieces for a project. Living my best life. <laughs> And then you realized it was cheaper just to buy a fucking kit. Yeah. My dog started crying and whining at like 10 o'clock at night. So I let him out in the backyard and he was like living his best life. And then I'm like ready to go to bed. And I'm like, if I don't let this fucker in, he'll be barking at 1 a.m. Yeah. You're like, forget it. So he got let in. He did, but he didn't want in. But he's in now. Yeah. Fucking animals, man. I gotta like, you see, you say chickens, but I've gotta like trim down the fat on this animal situation at my house. <laughs> two we and more, two. We have more animals than people. That's true, you do now. Two dogs, two cats. Yeah. And only three people technically mm-hmm. in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, so I've gotta parse it down just a bit mm-hmm, before I bite chickens. But what's so wild is it's, like, totally legal here to have, like, chickens in your backyard, which is actually, like, a big, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of tasks. You have to be very on top of your shit. So here's the thing. I don't like eggs. You will not see me eat an egg for breakfast hardly ever. I have to be, like, in the perfect mood for an egg. Okay. Now, a yeg, Y-E-G-G, a yard egg. Oh, a yegg. Uh-huh. A yard egg from a chicken in your backyard or on the farm or whatever. I will eat the shit out of yeggs. Yeggs are so good. Mm-hmm. They are just different. They're different. They're way different. And they're fucking cheaper. I mean, technically not because you got to buy and feed and it technically evens out. But they, I don't want to pay 8 to $10 for a fucking carton well, of Well, and they produce so much that you yeah. could have your yags and you can sell them and make money. This is true. But I can't have yags. Dean, my pod hubby got twins and his eggs from the store the other day. Oh, that's rad. That happened to us a couple, like, months ago. I was like, oh, my God. It was so crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. It's weird, isn't it? You're like, oh. 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 And then like, that's when you realize you're eating a child. I'm like, twins. So I was like, take a picture and text it to the kids and tell them you're eating them. (laughs) They're like, thanks, mom. Love you, too. Love you. He didn't send the right message. It got ruined because, you know. Comedic timing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're eating the Wonder Twins. You should take a picture and tell them. And he was like, I'm eating you. Yeah, no. Photo. And they're like, what? (laughs) So... Actually, this is hilarious. So I saw this on Instagram. You know how much I love Instagram ads, right? 
Yeah, they're stupid good, and I hate that. So I don't know if you've ever noticed what my husband wears around the house. He wears slides. Okay, yeah. With socks and without, depending on how he feels that Hey, feeling saucy? Sock it up. It is like his slippers. Okay. He also loves, more than life itself, Shark Week. Oh, fuck yeah. This pops up on my IG yesterday. Mm. Oh my God. Shark slides. Yeah, he needs those. I texted my Wonder Twins. I sent this to both of them and I said, Father's Day is coming up. Dad loves his stupid ass slides and Shark Week. Dot, dot, dot. First of all, I hate these slides, by the way. I hate his slides. Oh, those that you're about to get or the ones he's currently inhabiting? All of them. Why? I just hate them. Is it the man foot situation? Yes. Okay, yeah. And Let's... then, especially when yeah. he wears socks with them. Yeah, yeah. Man, men, get your feet under control. Women, too. Women, too. I've seen some women feet okay. where I'm like, yo. My, my feet aren't hold like, up. I tease about foot fetish only pants, but I mean, I don't get pedicures. I just trim my toenails and I don't even paint them. Call it a day. But you also don't have like toenails going over the tip of your foot or no, your toes. No, I don't. No, I don't because I trim them. Right. I trim so them. all we're saying is you don't have to be fucking, you know, a foot model, but just like trim your shit. That's it. Yeah. So I send this to both my kids with the exact same thing. Right. <laughs> my son says, it is true. I think that's a good gift. My daughter says... Oh my God, that's really funny, but actually cute. I could see him wearing them too, because he knows it would annoy you. LMAO. Yeah. So my response to both of them was, I sent this to your wonder, talk to your wonder twin. I sent this to them too. (laughs) So what will happen is one wonder twin will buy them and have the other wonder twin Venmo them their house. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are great. That's a great gift. So, more of the story is, if you don't really want your spouse to have shark slides, don't send it to your children because, A, they know how much you will hate it and actually buy it. Are you a masochist? Is that what you are? <laughs> what What would we call this? Because you know what you're doing. Like, you could have just kept scrolling and been like, nope. I could have, but I also think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it is funny. And I don't think he really wear them. This motherfucker's going to wear them every day. He's going to wear them every fucking day. You know the... They look com- comfortable, by the way. They you, look like squishy. You will be at my house Father's Day, oh, and he will fucking have those it's on. It's absolutely going to happen. And he will wear them every day, and you'll be like, God. Because my daughter is right. He will wear them because he knows I will hate them. Yep. Now, I had another ad pop up after I sent that one because that's how IG works. They have some that light up. The fins light up. Oh, my God. Okay, that's amazing, actually. I think that's the ones. Those are the ones, really. Because not only would it be obnoxious to be... A light up obnoxious. Like it'd be like in your fucking face. He could see when he goes to the bathroom in the middle of the night. There you go. Which also annoys the fuck out of me because he wakes me up. Hey, you know, but then again, you're causing your own misery here. I don't. So what about causing your own misery? Let's get back into the Menendez brothers, shall we? 
Yeah. Uh, when we last left our duo, our dynamic duo of When we last left them, Lyle had left school. He was looking into investment opportunities and had more confidence and felt like he couldn't fail. Eric had moved out of the mansion into an apartment in Marina Del Rey, quit UCLA, and decided to try to be a pro tennis player. All right. So, like, you know, it's not bad. It's like living your own life and doing your own thing. I mean, he was good on, like, the, like, kitty pro tennis circuit. I don't know what to fucking call it. Yeah. Sure. We'll call it that. Sure. So, the murders of Jose and Kitty were unsolved for six months. I mean, let's, like discuss this because six months for an unsolved murder is like no time at all no there's like some that go decades exactly right i mean but you know loose lips sink ships yep every time every fucking time so remember back when eric was burglarizing houses with craig Yes, back in Calabasas. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yes, Way yes, yes. back in the day in Calabasas. He, you know, when he got caught, part of, he was court mandated to see Dr. Jerome Oziel. And, you know, he no longer saw Dr. Jerome. But when Jose and Kitty died, Dr. Jerome reached out to Eric because he thought he might need a therapist more now more than ever. Sure. And Dr. Jerome had no idea what he was in for. So Dr. Jerome not only talked to Eric, but he had Lyle in for sessions too. So he was able to get them both to confess on tape. So wait up. As a therapist? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because doesn't that like doctor, patient, confidentiality, you know what I'm saying? Isn't there like oh. a line here? Oh, no, no. I'm going to tell you okay. all about this. Okay. Because I'm just like, I mean, I'm not saying the doctor did the right thing by talking to the police. Absolutely. Oh, the I'm doctor- just saying, where's the line? So, doctor didn't talk to the police. Oh, okay. Dr. Jerome had told his mistress, Judalon, J-U-D-A-L-O-N. Judalon? Yeah. Judalon Smith. The gold mine that he had. The His mistress. The, uh-huh. The- I mean, okay, if you guys are in therapy, when I was in therapy, if you think your therapist is not going home and telling whoever they're fucking the stories that you tell them when they're, like, juicy like this, you're fucking stupid. And you know they don't say your name, but they say, like, I have a patient who blah, 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 blah. Exactly fucking right. Because I would. I would, too. wouldn't. So, I mean. your therapist has a therapist, right? Because, I mean. Yes. I hope so. Yes. God, please. Yes. So, here's the thing. It fucking happens every day. Dr. Jerome's no fucking different. And while they use the term mistress, I don't think it was, like, a fucking mistress. I think it was his girlfriend. Okay? Okay. That is what I, that's what I perceive. Sure. They use this term, so I used it, but I really think it was more like a girlfriend situation. Because in nowhere did I hear Dr. Jerome had a wife. Which if Dr. Jerome had a wife, that would make Judalon a mistress, right? Yes, but then it's like, why are you using the term mistress if not just say, like, girlfriend? Like, what's wrong with the word girlfriend? Because to say mistress, it makes it more scandalous. Oh. And, you know, we're... we're you yeah, know. we're in that world, yeah. Yeah. 
So, how the, got, how the police got the tape is so drama. Dr. Jerome and Jetalon had a turbulent relationship. And according to Jetalon, I don't like that name. Can we call her something That's else? Judy? Yeah, sure. Let's call her Judy from now on. Miss Smith. Her last name's Smith. Okay. According to Miss Smith, he was controlling and abusive, and when he attacked her, that's when she contacted the police and told them that the Menendez brothers had confessed to the murders, and she had the audios of the tape. Oh, so she was recording the conversation she had with her partner. I think she stole the tapes that Dr. Jerome had. Oh, so he was recording the sessions and uh-huh. she heard about it and uh-huh. she was like, F this. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, Lyle was arrested soon after Miss Smith went to the police. So basically, she says, I'm in an abusive relationship. Fuck you. This is what I'm going to do to you. Yep. I mean,. Makes all the sense of the world to me. Lyle was arrested soon after, but Eric was in Israel at the time because remember they were taking lavish lavish vacations. Yeah. And he flew to Miami and then to LA and he turned himself in because I'm sure he heard that Lyle had been arrested and he was like, well, they have my confession. Fuck it. Yeah, here we are. The case against Lyle and Eric was based on circumstantial evidence because the guns had never been found. One of Lyle's friends had found a shotgun shell casing in Lyle's coat pocket, but, I mean... Circumstantial. We don't can't connect it to the crime. Exactly I mean, right. They could he have could just have been, been shooting. A, it was shotgun. He could anything. have been a hunter. Yep. Anything could have happened. I mean, you know, rich people, they hunt zebras. Yeah. I don't fucking know. They do, actually, so you're I, not I wrong. Know, I know yeah. they do. I know. I know. So... What, what was the family to do? They hired the best of the best to defend Lyle and Eric. Eric got Leslie Abrams, Abramson, who had an amazing record for winning capital cases. But Lyle, he got Gerard Chow... C-H-A-L-E-F-F. Chalif? Gerard Chalif. Who defended the hillside strangler, Angelo Buono? Buono. Fucking dick. Angelo Buono. If you guys don't know about the hillside stranglers, Kennifer Bianchi and Angelo Buono, these fucking couple of winners, go look it up. They're fucking assholes, and they deserved exactly what they got. Here's what I want to know. How did they determine who got the better attorney? I don't know. I don't know, because I will say the the female lawyer. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to get into this, is, was better for their case. It's just one of those things where it's like, you have to hire two lawyers. Mm -hmm. One is always going to be better. Yeah. Who do you decide gets better lawyer? Now, here's my question. Now, and this is where, again, I was a kid, so I don't remember. Were they tried at the same time? And if so, did they combine the lawyers into a super group like OJ did with his lawyer squad? Have we not learned anything from Amanda's stories? It's coming up in the future. I don't care about the trials. Oh, okay. Sometimes it's... Because honestly, sometimes these trials are just as good as or and par with the story. Like OJ, for instance, you cannot talk about the so, murders without the fucking trial. I actually... Period. Tr- trials to me are boring. And there actually wasn't a lot about it. 
Like, I googled the Menezes trial, and all I really got was the court TV. I'll get into that. They still have the recordings? I don't know. So, trying to figure out whether or not the tape fell under doctor-patient privilege, and whether or not it could be admissible as evidence in court, took two full years. Makes sense. Due to lawsuits and appeals. Yep, it makes total sense. Absolutely. Finally, the California Supreme Court ruled that two of the three tapes were able to be used in trial, including the one with Lyle's confession. Oh, there it is. The trial finally began in 1993, and it was on a new channel, Court TV. God bless Court TV. Court TV came at the exact perfect time. It sure the fuck did. And honestly, I'm sure it is on Court TV. I did not click the link because I knew if I did... I would watch all four fucking months of the trial and we would not be here today because I'd still be watching it. And you'd also have like, and now I have a seven part series on the trial. And I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. But yeah, exactly right. And we all know how I feel about trials. I don't spend a lot of time on them because like I said, it bores me. Honestly, though, to your credit, trials are boring. Even the interesting, quote unquote, interesting ones like this. Like I said, I like the background information and the end result. Give me the nugs, though, from the trial is my thing. Like, like so for instance, like Casey Anthony. Oh, my God. Some of the shit, like, up in that one. Jody Arias, another, like, again, the nuggets from the trial. Oh, my God. It's just, some of the shit is just I'm going to give you some things. Yes. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not a trial type of girl. That's probably why I'm not a lawyer. I probably could have been a really good fucking lawyer, but it bores me. See, I, this is where, this probably wouldn't like SVU because it's half the trial. Probably. Because that's the thing I like is both. I like how they solve the crime, how you get from here to there. See, and then I love how lawyers are like, gotcha, bitch. You know, like that moment. See, oh. I love CSI because they're like, here's the science, got you, bitch. Mm. And what is there to argue with? But, but people get off all the time, even when the science is sound. See, here's the thing. Here, Here's a little fun fact, everyone. I'm terrible at science. I have an artistic brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love CSI. Be- Why not? It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So, anywho. Anywho, if you wanted a whole bunch about the trial, this is not the podcast for you. Sorry, you're three days in. Also, this is 93, so this actually, Court TV was new. So, yeah, actually, this was pre the OJ. Mm-hmm. So, this is a perfect setup. So, it started with Menendez, mm-hmm. went into OJ. Mm-hmm. Then we go into, God, what was the next big one? There was another big one, like, right off the heels in the 90s. I don't know. I just know. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh. What's her face? Where she cut her husband's penis off. Oh, God, yes. Dang it. Yeah, her. Mm-hmm. Right after that. So mm-hmm. again, all these things are like, dude, like the trials of the century are happening one right yeah. after the and other. And I'm sure it's still on court TV if you want to watch oh, it, but yeah. I would still be fucking watching this shit. So what happens? So Lyle and Eric knew they couldn't, they wouldn't be able to claim they were innocent. So they claimed their actions were self-defense due to long-term abuse. During the first trial, both Lyle and Eric testified that they killed their parents because they feared their parents would kill them. And that they had been psychologically, emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by them. And they believed their parents would kill them to prevent the family secrets from leaking out. But the prosecutors argued that the brothers killed their parents to gain control of their 
$14.5 million estate. Ready for today's money? Oh God. $340,782,580.65. I mean, that's a hell of a reason to kill two people, don't you think? Yeah. Especially with whenever you look at what they did directly after their parents' deaths. Nowhere in there was like, oh my God, this is awful. I need to, you know, take it easy and not spend a billion dollars on a Porsche. Oh, wait, no. Everyone I'm... grieves differently. Yeah. By, by buying a Porsche <laughs> and going to Lakers games, naturally. <laughs> I mean, Eric bought a Jeep. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's super chill. I have one. It's not expensive. No, I know. I'm just saying like that plus like he paid $50,000 for a tennis coach, you know. I mean, he wanted no. to go pro. Just. Oh, yeah. My bad. Excuse me. Okay. I kind of feel that Jose was the asshole and I mean, was the cunt in all this, but I'm not saying he deserved to die. Murder's never the answer. He was kind of a cunt the whole time. I'll let you know my feelings at the end of it. Cause I, mean, I, up to this point, he's kind of been a cunt. Oh no. Yeah. But also murder's never the answer. It's no, you're correct. What immigrant father amongst us? doesn't push their children to the absolute limit. Is it right always? No. I'm Is there abuse involved? Absolutely. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there's also a shit ton more immigrant fathers who are extremely controlling where their sons became David Chang, a noted restaurateur and all this shit versus Well, I mean, there's murders. tons of fathers whose sons didn't become Jeffrey Dahmer, but yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer still became Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, there's Correct. always outliers of every of situation. Yes. So, Dr. Jerome, he testified that the pair killed their parents because Jose was overbearing and that Kitty's death was a mercy killing because she was miserable and she wouldn't be able to live without Jose. I think Kitty would be able to live her best life without Jose. I agree. Like, I feel like if Lionel and Eric went to Kitty and said, hey, mom, dad is a cunt. Here's what we're planning. You in. Kitty would have been like, fuck yes, I don't have to OD on the Zannies again. Right. Divorce. Take your chunk. Leave with the kids. Exactly right. But they chose to be arrogant shitheads. So, anywho. Eric was described by people as Jose's throwaway son. Mm. Jose's expectations for Eric were not as high as with Lyle, but they were still high. When Eric was little, he would try to get involved with what Jose and Lyra were doing. You know, typical little brother stuff. Like, yeah. Okay, for example, I have two sons and a husband. So, if they were, like, perfect example. My son, both, both my sons played soccer when they were younger. So, if we were, if... We were playing soccer with the older one. The little one would want to be involved. That's typical shit, right? Of course, always. Yeah. But Jose would smack him or push him away. There was a favorite son and there was a not favorite son. Right. Yeah. So I think that's where people say Eric was the throwaway son. Yeah. Now, allegedly... Jose began to sexually abuse Eric when he was six and continued for the rest of Jose's life. And the abuse escalated, becoming more sadistic and painful the older Eric became. I don't know if it happened. 
I miss that day in the Menendez house. I have opinions about it. <laughs> I mean, again, we been, don't know. There has been we don't alleged know. sexual abuse towards Jose, yep. towards Kitty, yep. now towards Eric. Yep. Now, if the abuse towards Jose was true, mm-hmm. I can see him doing the same thing. Abusers, abuse victims become abusers often. Yes, it is very common. I was not there. Right. I don't know what happened. Right. I, I'm going to say this. I don't think it did based on how they talked about it at trial because it felt very coached. It felt very, and then you have to say this extreme thing. And the things they said were well, extreme. And where you're can, like, like I said, that can be true too. It could. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just saying, if he's getting it from Sanchez and his wife. I don't know if he was getting it from his wife. She could have cut him off as that's soon true. as she found out he had Sanchez. Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, you can choose to stay with your husband, but you can also say, fuck yeah. you. We're cut off. This door is closed. Yeah, The yeah, garage yeah, yeah. door is shut. Yeah, and you got to figure it out somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. Exactly right. If that's where you want to go, that's where you can go, but you're not bringing it back here. All I'm saying is that when you look at it as a whole, the picture of their childhood, I don't believe this allegation. If it really did happen, that's horrendous. And I, like I said, yeah. I don't know Disgusting. if it happened. Right. It's like when people are physically abused and it never stops, they tend to physically abuse their children. Yeah. Because they do not know any other way to raise their children. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of it happened. Kitty not stopping it. If her abuse really happened, I can see her not stopping it because the same thing happened to her. Sure. So it's like a... It's a, it's a generational trauma that keeps it's like like a domino going effect. down the line. Yeah. Like, now, if it's... Yeah. We're just going to leave it there. We're just going to leave it there. Keep, continue. Yeah. So people have said that Jose was really upset, obsessed with Lyle. His, and he would spend hours talking to him, imposing his philosophies on him, and forcing him to memorize passages from self-help books. And Jose would black out parts of the books he didn't agree with. And it is alleged that Jose was psychologically, physically, and sexually abusive to Lyle as well. Like I said... I don't know if all, if that happened. Jose tried to control every aspect of Lyle's life, from where he went to school to his career to who he to who he married. Those things I can't believe because he didn't want him to leave Princeton to come home to UCLA. And then once Jose was dead, people said they could see a change in him. He was more confident. He was happy with what he was doing. I believe Lyle even purchased a restaurant in Princeton. It was a pizza joint, yeah. Yeah, and it was something like he overpaid for. It was some sort of franchise bullshit. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Happy's or something weird. Yeah, I didn't talk about it because it was just like, because everything was like this and this and this and this. And at some point, I, I had to say I can't add all of this in here. Yeah. But, so I do think some of these things are true. Especially when you look back and say... What he was known for in business, mm-hmm. I can see those things translating to his personal life. Yeah. 
so there wasn't just the confession tape. So remember Eric's bestie, Craig? Yes. You know, the spree- screenplay writer? Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the screenplay. Let me just write our screenplay real quick, guys. Like, He testified as well, and he said that Eric confessed to him and told him exactly how the killings took place. Lyle shot Jose, and Eric shot Kitty. So that's kind of not, like, really good for their defense. And... I can see that as well. One and one. They're both sitting on the couch, watching they, TV. They come in. Boom. Sorry for the term, but guns a-blazing. Literally. And they shoot them both in the face and they're done. Yeah. And I then mean, they're like, hold on, wait one second. Compose yourself. Call the cops. Exactly right. Yep. So Lyle actually testified at trial. I love when people testify for themselves. Let me guess. It was self-defense because he has to talk about the sexual abuse and everything like that. Exactly right. Yep. And their father's sexual abuse and their mother's indifference when they told her about it. Which, like I said before, if it allegedly had happened, I can see Kitty being indifferent because it allegedly had happened to her. It's like you just got to get through it. Just move on with your day. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Lyle testified that the brothers confronted Jose about the abuse days before the murders, telling Jose that they were going to tell everyone about the abuse. And Jose responded, and I quote, We all make choices in life, son. Eric made his. You've made yours. The confrontation made the boys fear for their lives. Eric testified about the abuse as well, and Lyle tried to, and how Lyle tried to protect him. I mean, people testifying for themselves in murder is fucking gold. It's golden. That's why they never let other people do it, because they know. Like, you're going to implicate yourself yeah, in two seconds. Like, no, we're not going to. No, Let's stop not. talking. Yeah. So, Detective Leslie Zoller, who was the lead investigator and who took Lyle and Eric's statements, testified as well. Lyle's besties, Glenn Stevens and Donovan Goodrow, testified. Glenn was with Lyle when he was arrested, and Lyle and Eric used Donovan's ID to buy the shotguns. Donovan, Donovan also testified that he knew about the sexual abuse. So the first trial, they actually had more than one trial. Yeah. So the first trial lasted four and a half months. Jesus. This is why I did not start watching the court to see if it was even on court TV. Because you know God. I would not stop. Dude, do you remember we did a case recently? I don't remember what it was. Go listen to one of our back episodes. Go listen to all our back episodes, guys. Let me know. But it was like, this is the longest case in, I'm going to say, Britain's history. And it was like a week, like five days. And I'm like, Oh, no, it was Oscar Pistorius. That's what it was. I'm like, that's so fucking... And it was Africa. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is like nothing. Like, I'm used to like six months trials where we're all like... It's like a reality show. You're like, what's going to happen on this today's episode of Court TV? Oh, shit. The glove isn't fitting? Oh, my God. You know, like, it was... It's a whole thing. I'm sorry. When leather gets wet, it shrinks. But And also, he didn't take his... Anyway, I'm not not going to... No, no. We're going to... We're we're not going to, like, derail on that. So... The first trial lasted four and a half months and resulted in not one, but two hung juries, one for each brother. I get that because it is a circumstantial case. And this is my argument with the Scott Peterson case because it is all circumstantial as well. Don't get me started. There was nothing. There's nothing there, dude. There's nothing fucking there. But you know, he did it. I don't know if he did or not. Who fucking knows if he did or not? He could be a fucking idiot. He's a fucking idiot. I sincerely doubt that he did it to be perfectly honest. He's an idiot. 
We will not be covering him on guilty until proven innocent because he's a fucking guilty. He's an idiot. So the jury cannot agree on whether they were guilty of murder or acting on their own self-defense. So that was why they were hung. Because they couldn't mm. agree with, are they fully, like, fucking monstrous murderers? Yeah. Or was it self-defense? Because, and it, yeah. I can see that 100%. I would have a hard time. Because you yeah. don't just have them saying they were abused. They have other people saying, I know they were being abused. Now, here's my question. Did their friends know because they told their friends? Or did their friends see something, which is an entirely different thing? Do you remember me saying, I don't know. Okay. Divulge into the trial. Yeah. Because here's the thing is if it's like, let's go here. These geniuses made a goddamn screenplay about what they were going to do. Okay. One of them did. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. Right. And then they are pissed at their lives. They're wanting a way out. They're very close. This is easy to plan. Right. This is easy to plan. But while they you were planning- You can start planting seeds with your friends. Yeah, you know my dad sexually abused me once. Like, you know, like one of those like pretending- I don't think they're confess. smart enough Huh? I don't think they're smart enough for that. I think Lyle is. I think Eric might not be as. Exactly. And Eric's the one that wrote the spring screenplay with Craig. Clearly. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. And I would think that for enough people to make a hung jury, there had to be other evidence. Yeah, that's probably true. But you don't think Lyle would tell Eric to say certain things to his friends to help them get off? Like, hey, man, you got to say this there. And then you got to do this here. Not in enough, like, years in advance. Because he wrote those screenplays when he was in Calabasas. Right. He graduated from Beverly Hills High School. Mm -hmm. And this happened, like... When he was about to start college. So he wrote those screenplays when he was like a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. And this happened so many years later. Okay. So I, no, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Once the hung jury was announced, right. You know how a lot of times when that happens, they're like, we don't know if we're going to try to seek another conviction. Yeah, because you're like, at this point, we've had two trials, both failed. Like, do we want to do this again on the taxpayer dime? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, it was announced immediately that they would be retried. Okay. The prosecution was like, fuck you, no. It's also high profile enough to where they're like, we can't let this rest at this point. Right. We can't not. So they immediately were like, nope, retrial. Yeah. The second trial was in 1995, and it was not the spectacle that the first trial was. The judge did not allow TV cameras in the courtroom. Judalon, remember this bitch? Yep. I mean, Miss Smith. Smith. <laughs> Miss Smith, Dr. Jerome's girlfriend, testified for, bo- for the defense and said that Dr. Jerome had manipulated the brothers into f- confessing. But unfortunately, her ploy didn't work. In 1996, both Lyle and Eric were convicted of first-degree murder without the possibility of parole. They were sent to separate prisons until 2018, when they were moved to the same facility to finish out their sentence. Amazing. They never put people in the same prison. No, they usually don't, because, I mean, for that reason, like, that they both... Yeah. So, both Lyle and Eric have gotten married while in prison, Eric married his pen pal, Tammy Sacramen, in 1999. Lyle found not one, but two women to hitch his wagon to. The first was 
Anna Erickson, a former model who divorced him after a year. I'm sorry. This is so silly. Ready? She divorced him after a year when he found out he was writing other women. Girl. I'm Anna. Girl. Really, sis? Did you think? You were the only pen pot. Come on, girl. Like, I love you. Like, I love you. But also, ladies, no. No. We can do better. We can do better. Right? We can do better. Then, in 2003, he married. Ready for this? There's an end game with this bitch. Rebecca Sneed. She's a journalist. Oh, yeah. She's writing, a bi- she's writing a book right now. Oh, this bitch. I know this bitch. She's a super loud mouth who's like, he's super innocent. He would never do anything. Oh, my God. I think I know what you're talking about. He is crazy. She is. I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. I used to term journalist wild. loosely because she married a fucking murderer in prison. Journalist. It's like the girl that the 20 year old who married. Journalist. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Charlie. Charlie Sheen. No. Oh, Manson. Manson. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, the other Charlie. I'm sorry. You <laughs> say other... Charlie, I think Sheen, the one that had twins with him, and they both got, the twins got taken away, and yeah, I'm no, sorry. I meant the, the other one. <laughs> the other Charlie. Sorry. Yeah, it was just like, girl, what are you doing? So. And then I was like, oh. My last paragraph, I'm ashamed to admit my source, so I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. So just recently in t- April 2023. Here we go. I'm excited. One of the ex-Minuto members, Roy Rosanello, came forward and accused Jose of rape. Really? So, of course, people speculated that Lyle and Eric should get a new trial. But an attorney, some attorney. Quote, unquote. Alan, his name makes me laugh. Alan Jackson. Oh, yeah. Like the country singer, <laughs> yes. Alan Jackson. Yes. I'm like, I'm sorry, Alan Jackson ain't got no skin in this game. And then I'm like, oh, an attorney, Alan Jackson. Okay. Yeah, right? Like, okay, I'm sorry. If you have a famous people name, first of all, write to us because that has to be so infuriating. Michael Bolton, like, right from Office Space. Yes. Like, oh, not that Michael Bolton, the other Michael Bolton. Like, doesn't it have to be a thing after all? You're like, God dang it. Do you ever just want to, like, change your name where you're like, I'm not that Alan Jackson? God dang it. Says that it is a Hail Mary for the boys that they're defense team will of course bring Roy before a judge as new evidence hoping to get their convictions overturned but it probably won't happen because it isn't directly related to them and the shooting and the killing of their parents right it's more it's like had they found that in discovery you'd be part of the trial but not now it's not new evidence for them exactly right yeah so it's a long shot it's a long shot for the defense but an ex-Manudo member has come forward accusing Jose of rape. Hmm. So I find that interesting, especially since you were very going hard. Yeah. That this sexual abuse didn't happen. I don't know. I still. And why would a Menudo member so many years later come forward, especially after he died? True. I do have feelings about people who come forward with allegations like this after the person has passed away they feel finally free that they're able to say something the, the person the abuser is gone so now they can say something i mean there's a whole thing as to why i mean there's a lot of psychological reasons people don't come forward there's a lot of societal I, and reasons they don't come forward like a lot of things can happen as to why they don't well, come forward i also have a flip side to it mm-hmm. this person now can't defend themselves against the allegations sure 
So they can say whatever they want. Exactly right. That's absolutely true too. So yeah, it is a double-edged sword. This case though, I don't know. I'm still up in the air on it. I'm 50-50 both ways on it. Like, I feel do like... Do I think they killed their parents? 100%. Yeah, they absolutely do. Do I know why they did it? I don't know. I mean, there is so many... There are so many allegations of abuse towards everyone involved that at some point you have to say, are they all a lie? Yeah. It's smoke and fire, right? Mm-hmm. Like... All like Michael Jackson, for instance, like smoke and fire, like, okay, surely one of these is probably real, right? Or whatever. We can name anybody. We'll throw a name out now. Literally anybody will be a fucking part of that. But um, no, it's interesting. That is interesting. I still believe, and this is personal belief only, opinion only, that they are skeevy rich boys who got everything handed to them. They were pissed off whenever they realized that they were basically going to be cut out of the will, essentially. Well, and they, they killed their parents for the money. They didn't find out about the will till after the fact. According to them. According to them. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, but it makes sense. It's a high control environment and people are going to want to get out one way or the other. I mean, Period. also, also... Sexual abuse aside, they were controlled. Oh yeah, so much. And I mean, at some point, there's a breaking point. You're like, fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you're that's not survi- the answer. You're in survival mode. Yeah. You're in survival mode, and it's not like you're in survival mode at like a job. You can't just quit and leave. You're in fucking survival mode, and this is your fucking life. Yeah. I mean, murder's not the answer. No, God, no. Just um, leave. Run away. In this case, please just run away. Be one of those runaway kids. Like, forget it. Yes, but when you don't know how to survive, yeah. because you've given been given zero skills in your life to do anything, mm-hmm. you don't have a choice. I mean, it's almost like the battered wife syndrome. When oh, that's real, yeah. Battered wives get off for murder all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Do I think they deserve to be in jail? One hundred and fucking fifty-two thousand percent. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I can see how being controlled every single second of every single day, and not even being allowed to go to whatever college you want to go to, at some point you go, I feel like this is my only answer. Sure. Yeah. I could see that. I don't know. I just in the interviews they've given since, I'm like. I watched none Stop. of them. Stop. Don't. It's, it'll, it'll definitely change your opinion. Let me just put it that way. You're like, dude, you did it. Okay, shut the fuck up. You no, know what I'm saying? I, like, come on. They did it. And, and, you know, they think they deserve to be in jail. I don't think they should get out. Yeah. I can't imagine what it was like growing up in that household. Oh, it had to be awful. No, and I, I'm with I, you. I think it was terrible. And then if sexual abuse happened, that's even more horrendous. Like, right. And again, I'm saying, but. From the way that they presented it in the 90s, it of felt course. very coached from the defense, I'm from sh- the female defense attorney who was basically... Well, I'm sure it was. And, I'm sure it was. There is a thing in the trial where she was very much a pseudo-mother figure, and she'd be like, and how did that make you feel? You know, well, like she would like I'm play sure, that character. I'm sure it was. And I'm sure that was like, because again... It was the early nineties, yeah, and that's how things were then. So yep. we sit here now and watch it then, and we go, 
what the fuck is this? Yeah, if this is what is happening. Yeah, literally. But in the 90s, that was probably how it... Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Normal. So it's hard to look back and go, what the fuck is this? That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. You know? Through the today's lens. Exactly right. And that's the only lens we have. I'd be interested to see if this... If something like this happens again, which unfortunately probably will. I mean, will. it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just need a rich kid to pop off. <sighs> yeah. Then what would happen? What would happen? Right? What yeah. would be the difference between that and this? Like, yeah. would there be a difference? Because as we know, our justice system ain't fixed. And sure yeah. shit's still broken. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. There's just, I kind of have just so many different feels about it. Because Me too. I 100% think that they deserve to be in jail. Like, I do not think they need to be out. I do not think they need to be in society. But on the flip side, I feel like growing up in that house and not being given basic life skills, I can see how you feel like that's your only way out. Like I gotta, I gotta fix, I gotta solve this for ourselves, us, and this is how we're gonna fix it. Mm-hmm. Especially so. when you feel like your mom doesn't care. Yeah. And I think that maybe she didn't. Well, I it's feel like Kitty checked out a long time ago. Yeah. From her own life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and that's easy to do, especially when you're making that kind of like money, and she's just like, meh, status quo, just gotta make it through day to day, whatever. You know, it was interesting because like some of the other stories I've heard about them, she's such a non-entity in their, in anyone's life. Like nobody really had good or bad things to say about her. Like she just was there is from what I remember. And that's so shitty to say about someone who's died, but like, I I don't know. It's just so, we don't know what happened inside that house except those family members, right? And that's the hardest part is because we don't know what happened, we could sit here all day and conjecture about Oh, exactly right. Because and, we were an owl came in and murdered them with shotguns. You know, <laughs> like I mean, for all we know, it was Craig and Donovan that did it. True, like, they conspired because they never found the fucking guns. That's what's so interesting to me is like it's not like it's that hard to get rid of a gun. I mean, especially if you like toss it in water or some shit well, like that. Well, and I mean, but back, back in the late eighties, early nineties, it was so much easier to get rid of shit. Oh, yeah. Less surveillance. There are no smartphones. They're not chipping you and following you no. to wherever second dump site is. None of that. I get in my car without my phone. You're still going to know where I go. Yeah. It's just wild. Wow. Well, that was a great job. That was incredible. Thank you. Thanks for the backstory, though. That really helps a lot. I mean, yeah. I, like I said, I feel like the backstory tells you more than the fucking trial. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is like, you know, Jose probably would have been dead from a heart attack at like age 60, let's be real, because of like his, his level of control and stress. I'm sure that that would have taken him down. Yeah. Like I said, I just feel like the backstory like tells you so much. And then the trial is just like, meh. Yeah. For me, that's, that's, for me, that's how I'm going to tell my stories. If you haven't figured it out. (laughs) If you haven't figured it out right now. Well, I'm finally going to get to a star person. Yes, made me feel better because this boo has kind of, (laughs) he's, he needs to be refluffed because he's been squished to death. Yeah, I threw him (laughs) on the floor at one point. You're done. So today I'm going to talk about star child, Zuriel Oduwole. 
She is a global education advocate, filmmaker, and presidential advisor. I'm sorry, what? And she's under 21. I'm sorry. I'm going to need more booze because I now feel like an asshole. (laughs) She was born in July 2002 in Los Angeles, California. Again, we didn't plan this. None of these things are planned. I mean, she really didn't know what I was doing until this morning when my husband blabbed his fat yapper. He's going to be paying for that for like years. Mm -hmm. So she first started her advocacy in 2012 when she was around nine. She entered a school competition with her film titled The Ghana Revolution, where she even interviewed former former Ghanaian presidents Jerry Rawlings and John Kufor. I'm sorry. She could have named it something else because it sounds like Ghana-ria. The Ghana Revolution. (laughs) True. She's nine. I get it. I'm just saying. She probably doesn't know what Ghana-ria is. I'm just (laughs) trying to go in other places besides murder. (laughs) I get it. Then in 2013, at age 10, she made another documentary film called the 1963 OAU Formation, where she interviewed the president of Malawi, the president of Tanzania, and the president of Mauritius for her documentary. I couldn't even interview the cashier at the Wagabag. How is she interviewing presidents? Dude, I do not know. Like, so this girl at 9 and 10 is interviewing world leaders for documentaries, and it all started with like a school film documentary thing. I feel like maybe the presidents of those countries are more accessible than our president. Maybe. And they're also former presidents, so be like walking up to Bill Clinton right now. Okay. Right? Or Let's just say Bill Clinton, if I had my tits out, he wouldn't let me. Oh, he'd walk up to you. Exactly right. I I think he'd walk up to you with your tits in. Yeah. The fact that you have tits means he's walking up to you. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I would get an interview in a heartbeat because I got tits. Yeah. Absolutely. But I digress. Go ahead. But would he actually listen or would he be like, that's such a good idea as he's staring at your chest? He'd be like, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that question, please? Literally. And that stupid ass Arkansas accent that he got still for some, for no reason. Can I just say something about like 85? Can I just say something about Arkansas? Please. Now you're driving through Arkansas. You hear the banjos from deliverance, but it is fucking beautiful. I know. It is. It really is. You're so right. It is very beautiful. I'm glad you turned it around there at the end because we do have Arkansas listeners, so. I know. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything bad because. But they also know, too, what we're talking about. Like, yeah. East Texas For, is a First of all, you got the. Nightmare. You have the Duggars. Own it. Yeah. Own. And y'all got Walmart out in Bentonville. You have the Duggars in Walmart. You got a lot of fucking making up to do to the rest of the country, okay? Yeah. First of all. And I like, became we're... real fucking country for a second. I don't know why. I just fucking did. Well, and you know, we ain't making no friends either, shall we say. It's no. us in Florida, like. No, we're not. Neck um, and neck for being the shittiest states on the planet. But. Beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. But. You get lost and yeah. your phone don't work with yeah. the GPS, Mm-mm. you better hope you got a map in the car. I'm and also, saying, the cops are not your friends. I you, don't care what color you are. They are not your friends. They want you to get out of their state and their city as quick as humanly possible, so do it. You go to can- to Arkansas, take a paper map. For real. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Find your way out of there. 
So her documentary, The OAU Formation, and I had to look this up because I didn't know what it was. The OAU Formation was about the 32 heads of African states meeting up in 1963 to sign a charter creating Africa's first post-independent continental institution, OAU, or the Organization of African Unity. And this film in 2013 garnered her a lot of attention. Forbes magazine even reached out to her and featured her in their magazine. Like, holy shit, this 10-year-old made this incredible documentary, interviewed these former presidents, researched and just like, who is this human? That's insane. In 2014, she made another documentary called A Promising Africa, which was screened in five countries. And in April 2014, Business Insider listed her as the most powerful 11-year-old in the world. I'm sorry, I can't. 11. 11. I can't right now. You know what I was doing with at 11? Mm. Playing Barbies. Yeah. Exactly. Elle magazine listed her in 2015 as one of 33 women who had changed the world. She's not a woman. Well, right? Like, gonna. Like, pre-woman. <laughs> I mean, she's a girl. Yeah, she's, she's a little female, girl still, but, but she's, she's not there. a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She hadn't even had a period yet. She didn't even know what Are You There Got Me Margaret is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, she... Jeriel didn't just do documentaries and interview a former president... She also is best known for advocating for girls' education. Malala, her, I mean, here's the thing. People are like, why girls? Well, because unfortunately in society, they take away education from females first, for the most part. Of course. Because we're supposed to be the breeders. Watch The Handmaid's Tale. That pretty much explains basically everything, unfortunately. I'm sorry, I breeded. She hasn't slowed down, and she's spoken to university students at the University of Pretoria in South Africa in 2015 about how to communicate and talk about global events. So, like, this fucking, like, 12-year-old's rolling up to college and telling you how to speak about global events, right? Like, bro. I just told you about two men who murdered their parents, but she's telling you how to speak at global events. Mm -hmm. She was also at Columbia University, where she was a featured speaker and panelist about the potential of the new Africa, and met and spoke to President Alpha Conde of Guinea during an, an informational documentary she was doing about the Ebola crisis, so she could better understand the economy and effect on children's education in the region due to Ebola. So what happens to the economy? What happens to children's like education? All this stuff. By the age of 12, she had spoken to 15 world leaders about relevant pressing issues. I need you to stop now. (laughs) I'm feeling like shit. This woman, like, now she's a woman. Like, I'm just, like, wildly impressed by her. In late 2015, she started the DUSUSU Foundation, or DUSUSU, to develop education for children, especially girls across the globe. In 2016 in Lagos, Nigeria, she started teaching children in Africa basic filmmaking skills so they can use them as tools for gainful or self-employment. And she, from what I understand of this, she mainly does like young women and women who aren't in the workforce yet, like maybe right out of school. So they have like a a career to fall back on. I don't need this boo because the story is scary. I need this boo because I feel like shit about myself. (laughs) Then she was the keynote speaker at the Maryland State Department of Education's early childhood educational conference where she spoke to 600 adult delegates about how she sees the future of U.S. leaders developing. Oh, my God. 
At age 13, she was a TEDx speaker about the interconnectivity of past and future generations. Okay, I could get a TEDx talk if I wanted to. Do it. You just have to fill seven minutes. It's no big deal. You can do that. I fucking could. You just filled like fucking three goddamn I just did three hours. You want seven minutes? What do you want seven minutes on? I got this, bitches. It's going to be hard for you to cut it down. That's going to be the hard part. Exactly right. Remember how I just told you about my daughter who needed two to three pages on Pilates and she was on page five? Yeah. She's my daughter. Yeah, absolutely your daughter. (laughs) When, When you said that, I was like, yeah, that's tracking completely. So what do you guys want a TEDx talk on? Hmm. Let us know. Yeah. I'll do it. Let's figure that out. Good idea. I'll do it. Let's do it. I'll do it. In 2016, at the 71st Annual UN General Assembly, she was invited to speak about how climate change is affecting children in the Pacific Island region. And after her speech, she met with world leaders from Tuvalu, Jamaica, and Fiji to talk about it. Like, so they straight up listened to her and were like, cool, let's meet after this and figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. In 2017, the U.S. Secretary of State, John Kerry, met Zuriel in Washington, D.C. to commend her for her advocacy for girls' education. And so far, she's met over 30 world leaders to talk about educational and global social development challenges that children in the world face. Hmm? How many world leaders have you met? None. Okay. Zero. Okay, go. During that time, she spoke to over 51,000 young people in 19 countries about the power of education and even assisted in outlawing girl or child marriage in Mozambique after she met with the president in 2019. So here's what happened. She met the president. She started talking about it because, ew, it's fucking gross. And education, how girls should have education, whatever, whatever. Later that year, they come out and they outlaw girl marriage or child marriage. And it's like, she definitely played a part in that. She definitely did. There was at least a domino that fell and that dude's head was like, hmm, yeah, maybe she's right. And thank God, right? Because again, yeah. She is still teaching filmmaking classes to young women in Africa and just graduated from... No, don't. UCLA. <laughs> in June 2022 at age 19. You know what? If UCLA is good enough for her, it's good enough for Lyle, you fucker. That's what I'm saying. She also graduated, you hear that? At age 19. So she is at least three years, four years advanced from her peers. Now she's working on her graduate school program with a focus on global risk and international affairs. And I honestly, I can't wait to see what she does. I hope she runs for office. I will vote for her 15 times. I don't give a shit. Like she sounds like someone I want to be aligned with in whatever she does. Like, cool. What are you doing? Let's do it. Let's talk to world leaders. Let's get changes happening. Let's make sure we're not banning books and limiting education in this country as well as other countries, right? Like she'd be the one that I would want to tap in when it comes to speaking eloquently and intelligently about how we shouldn't be banning, you know, all the the programs that we're banning in schools right now, right? Because she actually has a fucking worldview on it and goes, here's what happens when you do this. Mm -hmm. I talked to so-and-so, the world leader of fucking... You know, South Africa about this. And here's what he said. You know what I'm saying? Like she has a fucking. The fact that she's talking to world leaders. I can't. Zuriel, you're amazing. We love you. Come to Texas and we will have lunch with you wherever you're at. Seriously, please save us. 
Help, help us. Help, help us. us. <laughs> I figured out what my TEDx talk is going to be on. That was fast. What is it? Do you not know what my soapbox is? Which one? No, this is my soapbox. Ready, everyone? Children who are in the juvenile justice system. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one because it's not great. It's not great. Here's the thing. I have had experience with these kids in my life. Personal experience. My experience is it is cyclical. They don't know any better. They do not know what positive attention is. They only know what negative attention is. And that is what needs to change in their lives. I got more. I'm saving it for my TEDx talk. Yeah, and we can't, we can't go further because, you know, then Mm-mm. it's like proprietary but, information. But <laughs> that is going to be my TEDx talk. That's a good one. You can at least speak for seven minutes about that for sure. <laughs> oh, I only get seven minutes. Yeah. yeah you got to kind of encapsulate. Ooh, I'm going to wear my outfit <laughs> minus the shoes. <laughs> You should wear the shoes and say, you see these motherfucking shoes? Let me tell you a story. And then it'd be over. And I'd be like, God dang it. I didn't even get to the thing. I didn't get to the good part. At least that's what I remember of seven minutes. Although I think Brene's, when she did hers, was like 20. No, I think it was seven. I don't know. Ugh, whatever. We're going to research this. I'm going to get oh, a yeah. TEDx talk. I'm doing this. Do it. Fuck it. You know what I've learned recently? Uh. This is what I have learned recently. You don't have to accept whatever situation you're in. And you, if you want something, fucking go for it. So, like, that's, like, a real thing? That's not just, like, a movie, like, Disney That's a real fucking thing. You know, you know what I interviewed for. Yes. Is that not where I deserve to be in my life? Yes. It is. Fight Club is exactly where you need to be. Exactly right. Would I be at Fight Club if I hadn't? gone outside my box and said, no. fuck you, f- I'm going to go for Fight Club. Yeah, I'm going to do what I want to do with my life, with my job. It, you'd spend four, at least 40 hours there a week, mm-hmm. minimum. Mm-hmm. You might as well do something that you're not, like, you don't totally hate if you can, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. push comes to shove and you're like, fuck it, I got to get a job, it is what it is. But if you have the choice, So Fight, fight Club is not me not hating my job 40 hours a week. Fight Club is me loving my job for 40 hours a week. It's living your dream. Fight Club is me living my dream. I'm so happy for you. So, if I can live my dream at Fight Club, why can't I have a TEDx talk? Good point. Get it. You're right. This is what I've learned this week. That's amazing. What did I learn this week? Oh, wait, you already said, didn't you? Did we say that? Was that some other episode? That was this episode about Peter Pan. No, that was last episode, wasn't it? No. God, I don't know what day it is. Where am I? What's happening? You're my house. (laughs) (sighs) Well, and also just so y'all know, we've been podcasting for two years. Not quite. Yep. Has it been two years exactly? It's Why are we not having a contemplation? It's been two years. Why are we not having a contemplation? Because I feel like, you know. You know I'll bake a cake. I know. You know I go all out. You already did. Were you kidding me? That wasn't cheese? Dude, that's enough. Trust me. Amazing. I do cakes. I know you do cakes. But yeah, no, we've been podcasting for two years, so happy anniversary. Oh, thanks, boo. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Huh. I'm going to now have a cake next time. (laughs) (laughs) 
I still have the sprinkles from last year. Because <laughs> I bought too many. I actually thought you just saved the sprinkles from last year off the table and like put them like stale into a container. Like honestly, that would have been so amazing. You're like, these no, are the sprinkles. I like, just, you know how to save the top of wedding cake or whatever? I just overbought. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just overbought because that's what I do. I, okay. <sighs> I'm so bad at sciences and maths. I cannot judge things when I purchase them. So much so that my husband has said, when you buy things, please consult with me. Oh my God. Okay. So I do that on Amazon and here's how I do it. I need a restock of whatever. Do you, let's say deodorant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. Two for 10. Great. And it turns out that it's like the mini size, not the actual size I need or whatever. And mm-hmm. I do that all the time. He's because like, why'd you like, buy a mini thing? And I'm like, I didn't mean to. You're like, oh, it's only $2.99. Cool. Not my fucking, I wasn't looking at it and going like, great mini. I literally, like I literally bought mini tweezers the other day by accident. You know what we they need to do? What we need to do, what we need to do now that we're both got some time during the day, mm. I need to take you to Costco. Oh, God. And then you can get some stuff in bulk that you need for cheaper. That's true. I also kind of, I guess the universe was telling me something without me knowing. I stocked up on shit like a couple months ago. Uh-huh. And I was like, mm, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. I'm glad I did that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, we need to go to Costco. If you, it, <sighs> I actually need to go get some topos this week. During the week, though, right? Not like the weekend. Yeah, okay, like tomorrow. Mm. Mm. I'll let you know. Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, Costco is not my idea of a good time. <laughs> I've had bad experiences in Sam's and Costco's. No, Costco is a good time for me. <laughs> hey. Well, we made this it. This is because I'm 44 and she's 34. Dude, you keep adding like a year to your life every time we podcast. You know that, right? I'm really 44. I you're like, a- you're a year behind. You're 43. I was born in 79, bro. So that'd be 43. I was born in March 79. Okay, so you're 44. I'm 44. No way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember, I'm a white witch. I actually was like, why does she keep adding a year? I was like, by the time we're done with this podcast, she's going to be 190 years old. Like, what the fuck? Because we're going to podcast for 100 years. Yay. I bet they can't wait. On that note, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.